For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Blade Lightning, South Australia's most successful women's sporting team. Legends on and off the basketball court. For a Mitsubishi, you have two clear standouts, Wayville and Southern Mitsubishi, driven by Australian Motors. This is the Bungie and Bretster Show. Great to have you on board here on 1629 SENSA. It's 9.46. I hope you did the clockwork last night with Daylight Saving. If you're not, enjoy another bit of time in bed, but a cracking day out there so far. And it's time for us to talk basketball here with uh, Andrew McLeod and Mr. Basketball, Brett Maher. We're going to speak to Nat Hurst, coach of the Lightning, a little later, just after 10.30, big season coming up for them. But the 36ers are already on fire in the United States. Yes, on the back of winning the NBL Blitz last week, which was a great result. They've headed over to America. They're in Phoenix. They are going to be playing against the Suns. But before they did that, they came up against a young overtime elite team where they had a scrimmage and uh, really interesting starting five. CJ let the young fellas start with uh, young Nick Marshall, uh, Hiram Harris, who's the young uh, New Zealander that's playing for the 36ers this year. Big Kai Soto, Fiston Apasu, who of course played for um, Forestville in the NBA. One good young talent and Sunday Detch. So uh, interesting starting five. The imports played kind of 16 to 19 minutes. We won by about 10, but young Nick Marshall had 23 and 10 and uh, yeah, had a, a really good showing. There were NBA, <laughs> NBA scouts. He, he might possibly case... He go from a development player as the Sixers, just skip the 36, go straight to the NBA. <laughs> well, he's got the athleticism, hasn't he? He has. He's, uh, yeah, good talent. Real good talent. I've liked him the last couple of years. He went down and played uh, in Mount Gambia this year in the off-season and had a really good season. So I think uh, off the back of his pre-season, CJ's been giving him a fair bit of run, especially uh, with Drimmick uh, has been out of a lot of the pre-season. Uh, and Frank, so he's got a bit of court time and done really well. It's about grasping those opportunities. So, yeah, they've done a, a really good job over there, and I'm looking forward to that game against Phoenix. Who, who are overtime elite? Where do they fit into the picture? Well, look, they're a young uh, team they were just scrimmaging with, yep. so just up-and-coming prospects in the local area. Um, so, you know, not the absolute elite. They get mm. to play those, and, of course, those games you'll be able to watch. The 36ers play the Phoenix Suns 12.30 tomorrow, lunchtime tomorrow, KO freebies. And, of course, on Friday they play... Oklahoma City, 10.30 a.m. against Josh Giddy. So perfect timing, 10.30 in the morning. Whack on KO Freebies, away you go. I can't not talk about the Adelaide 36ers, Brett, though, without mentioning uh, Danga Kuth, who's banned for uh, 10 games. Nine of those are suspended. He had a $2,000 or $2,300 uh, fine as well for betting on NBL games while playing NBL 1. How does... I'm not sure how that works. How does that actually work? Well, he wasn't actually signed yeah, these... to an NBL club no. at the time. So I don't see the problem with it myself. Just and not a good look. Just not a good look. And I don't know if you've seen on Netflix at the moment, there's a really good um, show going about one of the umpires that is embroiled in a betting scandal. He was feeding tips to big betters and yeah. making a bit of a cut. That's, that's while he's involved in the... He was umpiring the game. In the game. Yeah, yeah. But he, but, he wasn't yeah. actually signed to a list. No, it's, so I don't... It's, it yeah. is a little bit confusing. I know you're not... When you, once you take up that role, you sign, you can't actually bet on the sport. But 
I just found that one a bit strange. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I say, it was before he was on our team, so uh, mm. nothing to do with us here. No, Let's hope he can just good. play well this season. That's the way <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it anyway. And the NBL season has kicked off. It started last night. Phoenix played against Tasmania. Probably expected result, I think. Phoenix beat Tasmania, who were in the grand final last year. They... I just don't think they're going to quite reach the heights they did last year. There's so much hype around them coming back into the league. Jack McVeigh was their leading scorer and has had a great preseason. Of course, he played a season here with the uh, 36ers and uh, is a good talent. But Kyle Adnam, who's a little point guard for Phoenix, went off for 30 and Mitch Creek had 23. So they led scorers. And there was a crosstown rivalry in Sydney. Sydney played against the Hawks, and uh, the reigning champions came out with that win, 106-97. Walton had 32, and Cooks had 24 for the Kings. They had good spread scoring, and, yeah, they're going to be one of the teams to beat again this year. What about the Jack Jumpers this year? Mm. I just noticed that there's a certain person in our studio that's really repping the Jack Jumpers today. So I just wanted to. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Actually. Casey, are you on board the Jack I'm on, Jumpers? I am. Oh, I am. They gave me a free T-shirt. <laughs> oh, number one, number one ticket holder now. Uh, I'm going there. Well, I'm going there tomorrow to call the game. I do uh, you know sideline commentary for the uh, on ESPN for the game against the Cairns Taipan. So mm. I'm hoping to score myself a baseball cap this time. I've got the T-shirt. It's the uh, this is the one that they gave to the people. That were at the first game, so it's a collector's item. Free advertising. Free advertising for them. But of course, two games today: Melbourne against the Breakers from one thirty, the Wildcats against the Bullets from three thirty, uh, and of course, the Sydney Kings games. You mentioned there, Bredster. They couldn't play at home because the Australian Opals were playing in their oh, home venue and Jesus. doing a very good job of it. We won the bronze medal, and Lauren Jackson wound back the clock. Well, I tell you what, we were talking about it before the show, weren't we, Case? And we said probably you would have gone bronze as a good result, but you get greedy when you get to that crossover round. And uh, I thought they were very unlucky against China. A few things didn't go their way. Probably six missed layups didn't help in a two-point game. But wow. um, they were very good. The girls got better. After that first game against France, I was like, oh, jeepers, we may struggle here. Um, and there was a possibility at one stage we may not have made that top eight even. Yeah. But they just kept on winning big games and playing well. So well done to the, can, the girls. Can I ask a question then? Lauren Jackson, mm. I watched a fair bit of that, that game. I loved her connection with Carla George. Yeah, very good. Love yeah, that they connection, well the way they were able to work together as a you know two bigs and um, and just the way they you know, both very good on the inside, but both very also very good on the outside as well. Talk about that China game, Lauren Jackson. Three minutes. She plays three minutes. She had she has she had twelve or what it was the 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 game before. She's just come out and shot thirty. Why didn't she play more minutes? What what is is that the case that we shot ourselves in the foot? We got our, we got the we got the queen of basketball on there on sitting on the sideline as a as a cheerleader. Yeah. She should be on the court. And I'll tell you what Hang Hanshu who killed us in that game. Yep. Uh what is she 68 or whatever. Her height really uh, impeded our bigs and by that stage as well I thought Tolo who who's really stepped up Came off the bench in the first game, worked herself in the first five. Excellent. And Magbagore as well. A lot of those others were getting tired. And I thought not only Lauren, who uh, is a crafty big as well, she's been around the game. She would have found ways to score around that height. 
But I thought um, throughout the course of Tommy Garbin, I really like when she came on that she could have maybe played a little bit more as well uh, in the bigs. But yeah, Lauren, everyone's saying that now. And hindsight's a good thing to have. But yeah, but she... I just think when the when the game is on the like the game's in the balance, the pressure goes up. And that was when they were missing some of these easy shots. The, yeah. You know, they're going toe-to-toe against China. And there was a lot of opportunities for easy buckets. And I, I just think the moment and the pressure got to some of these... When you've got someone of that ilk sitting there, who can actually, like, in the paint, big body, easy buckets, just get her out there. Just to give you some so a little bit of calmness, a little bit of composure is what they, they needed at the time. They were just up and down, going so hard. It just You could see the fatigue creep. You could see the fatigue, in. couldn't you? And some of the players, especially Beck Allen getting hurt early in the tournament, um, I think hurt the rotations a bit. Although we did see some other players really step up in her Blitzarves. absence. Blitzarv started playing really well towards the end of the tournament. And, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with the way she stepped up. Of course, Steph Talbot, congratulations to our Steph Talbot, who got Adelaide into... Adelaide Lightning's uh, own Steph exactly, Talbot. Exactly, got into the All-Star 5. That's a huge Massive. accomplishment at a big event like that for her to step up and really take that next step. She was uh, a great defender throughout the course of the week, got on the boards and started connecting, started slow scoring-wise in the first game or so, but then started connecting on her shots, and it was really good to see. And, um, yeah, I think it's got a lot more respect around the world for her game. The commentary great. was the thing that got me in, though. Like, mm. oh, I just – there was some 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 – some people, you know, you just, you just love. <laughs> nah, nah, it was, it was great to watch, and I thought, um, you know, the guys did a great job listening to Michelle Timms. She was all, like, I really enjoyed her insight into it as well. Mm. Um, and you know, that it's Kelsey Griffin was Kelsey excellent Griffin, as well. Yeah, she was really, great. really good. I think, um, yeah, the Opal, they've, I think they've reignited uh, a lot, a, you know, a lot of passion for basketball, and to see. Oh, there were so many people there too. Like, well, here's one for you, Case. Uh, great for women's basketball in our country. The crowds there yeah. for women's basketball and the atmosphere. It sometimes is hard to pick that up when you're watching it on the TV. Being there, calling the games. The some of the commentators were saying how loud it was. The atmosphere must have been really good. It really was, and it was the biggest night for Australian women's basketball since the Sydney Olympics, mm. 22 years ago. So, yeah, wow. 14,800 was the record at the Sydney Olympics. They had close to 16,000 there for the Games yesterday, the gold medal game, and such a big Chinese community. I was just going to say, 15 well. of that would have been Chinese. Yeah, that, <laughs> it felt like we were be, we had, they had more supporters than us. We were outnumbered. And overall, 145,000 fans wow. attended the wow. event. That's and awesome. hundreds of thousands. Uh, the ratings for ESPN were some of the highest they've ever had here in Australia, which is great news for basketball. But, mm. of course, we've also got the Women's World Cup football in Sydney uh, next year and we're looking forward to the runway up to the 2032 uh, Olympic Games in Brisbane as well. It's a massive time for sport in general but particularly women's sport that does go under the radar sometimes. We need to get out and the people did get out and support it here and let's hope it continues to be supported particularly here in Adelaide with the lightning when their season gets underway. Well look at the showdown the other day we had 22,000. So great crowds. Yeah like it is it's it I think women's sport is is certainly leading the the charge when it comes to you know being exciting and some of these games are um, you know we're getting some world class athletes that are actually putting like putting themselves out there and um, it's it's great to see it's great to be a part of. Well, it's good just to see Australians turn up and watch and go to big events and I, I did notice on the call that 
Uh, it was mentioned that they're looking to potentially get the Men's World Cup to come out for basketball as well. And wouldn't that be great? Having the opportunity to go and watch, although they probably, when it comes here, won't be playing, but your Ingles and your Mills, but all of our new superstars that are going to be in the NBA by that stage, to have them on home soil and watch them. Because we don't get to watch our national basketball teams in particular much here in Australia especially against really good opposition. So I think that'd be fantastic. The more big events we can get and more big events we can get here in SA, the better. It makes a lot of sense, particularly ahead of the Brisbane Olympic Games in 2032. Basketball Australia is talking about the year prior to that, or mm. 2030, to bring out the Men's World Cup. And the teams will want to come to Australia, test the venue, hopefully which will be ready by then, play here, and it would just be enormous, as we saw when the USA team came out here in 2019 and Australia got their first ever win over them and 50,000 people rocked up there at uh, Marvel Stadium. So that would be certainly something to look forward to. But it also allows us to shine a spotlight on what the Opals have done. Now, they've won a medal at six of the last seven World Cups. That's awesome, isn't it? Outside of the USA, no other country can boast that. And imagine if that was the football that we'd done that at the World Cup, whether the Matildas or the Socceroos. Six out of the last seven, including a gold medal, we have prevailed there. That's just extraordinary. I don't think that gets the recognition it deserves. And that's what I say here. The World Cup comes. We're able to shine the spotlight on that. The Opals had a reunion there where every player was invited. Yeah, that, that there. was really, really enjoyed Great seeing that. Stuff. It was good to see that all the, you see all the former uh, Opal uh, ladies were there supporting him and the girls where you saw uh, Lauren Jackson go over and actually, you know, in, go to the crowd them. and embrace them, give them a hug. Yep. And um, I know, you know, uh, some of our friends that, that went over there as well to watch and were a part of that. And I think they've really, you know, they've been, they, just the way that they do it. And I've always said this to you, Brester, about basketball. Uh, and, and I know it's, it's on a smaller scale than you guys are smaller teams, but Probably one of the things I, I little bit envious about is that that basketball and that tightness that you guys have, and you see it with the opals, and obviously that success drives a lot of that too. But and I heard the the girls talking about it a lot in their interviews, is they were saying like, this is not based on us. This is this is based on a long t- like this is this is based on these ladies back here that set the platform. And we're just reaping the rewards of the culture and what they've created for us to have this platform. That's the word there, culture. I know in the men's program, uh, it's been a huge focus of Patty Mills and Joe Ingalls to get and bring that culture into the team. The Australian women's team has had a good culture. It's obviously dipped the last four or six years with all that Liz Cambage stuff and that, but they've got it back. They're back on the podium where they want to be. It's great. Just before we break, um, we talk about money a lot in sport, and I wanted to mention this. Steph Curry (laughs) is under armour deal. They're talking about a billion-dollar sponsorship with <laughs> Under Armour. How about that? That nearly That's nearly as much as you get, Bunch, for some of yours. Yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, uh, no he, he deserves well, look, well, look what, he, what he's done to, to Under Armour. He's put him on the on the map, and, you know, they're pretty smart with the way that they've been. Billion to... dollars. Come on. Mm. Not bad at all. And just to put a full stop on the basketball, Robin Ma being inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame is a great accolade for her. And I just wanted to point out for our listeners here in Adelaide that the captain of the Opals is a South Australian Tess Madgen, and Steph Talbot makes the All-Star Five, and she's South Australian as well. So get out and support the Adelaide Lightning when their season gets underway. They are your South Australian women's basketball heroes. And we're doing this Bungie and Bretster show thanks to Nippies, farm-grown, family-made. More.
more from Andrew McLeod and Brett Maher after the 10 o'clock news. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.